Okay, uh, so right now I'm a technical designer on the multiplayer team in Halo. Uh, before that, I was working as a software engineer in Xbox. I did a couple of things on the dashboard. I work in Cortana. And besides my work right now in Halo, I also am starting my own nonprofit studio called Be Collective. And in here, we focus on uh, interactive streaming experiences and the hundred percent of the money that we earn from the games uh, goes directly to charity. So let's say if we make a Panda game, the, all the profits of the game goes to, to a Panda conservation organization, for example. And besides that, um, I'm the current lead for Latinos in Gaming. That is an organization backed by Xbox to, uh, to help other Latinos to break into the game industry and succeed. So how does that org work? Like, there's the... I thought Xbox internally had a Latinos in Gaming org. I thought that was strictly internal. Is that what you're referring yeah. to? Yeah, so so that's how that's how the organization was born, right? Like it was more about a social group on oh let's let's meet all the Latinos that are working on Xbox, let's do internal events like picnics or meetups or gaming nights, things like that. But then uh this uh this effort on Xbox was created that is called Gaming for Everyone. And and the idea behind this is Microsoft is supporting uh, this idea that everyone has to have a place where they can have fun in the in the game industry, right? And in order for for accomplishing that uh, that position, well, we we need diversity and we need uh, we need different perspectives on on the content that we are creating too. So. So they start creating these different groups, supporting different uh, underrepresented uh, devs on, on the industry. Uh, so we now we have under the Gaming for Everyone belt, we have Blacks at Xbox, uh, we have Latinos in gaming, and we have uh, an accessibility group, and we have Women in Gaming, and we have the LGBTQIA, group too. Um, so we all try to help our own communities with their own struggles and challenges um, um, by providing mentorships or uh, creating social events where they can meet all other developers and they can see that they are not alone, right? And they can, they can ask for help from other members of the community. So a few years ago, I remember someone describing Microsoft as Imagine Silicon Valley, but if everything was owned by one company, and that's what Microsoft is like inside of it. And I, I like hearing you talk about all these groups. I'm like, man, it really does sound like that. Like there are even like social groups inside of it, and like different like association groups. Um, but also, there's a distinction between the groups that you mentioned and the IGDA community. So like at GDC, we met at the Latin X Games uh, round table and brunch, uh, which was, I believe, organized by the uh, the group that eventually applied for IGDA uh, Association uh, 
So like they are, I guess their full name now is the IGDA Latinx in Games SIG. Uh, but that, like, I just want to like be clear that, that that's one group and the group that you just finished describing is a separate group, but there's like overlapping membership and stuff, right? Yeah, like uh, Christina, that is the one in charge of the IGDA uh, Latinx chapter. I think she could give you more information about that. We're already like working in what way we can partner for some event being San Francisco that she is there or here in Seattle or somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, like we try to collaborate as much as we can between the two organizations. So before we got on the call, I remember asking you about just like, how much can you talk about your current project? And specifically, I was more curious about not necessarily the content of what you're working on, because I imagine that's secret. But I, I just want to learn more about the technical side, like what tools you work with. Um, are there any like common, uh, like even just public stuff that you can refer to, like, oh, hey, there's a GDC talk on so-and-so technology that we use, like uh, any any technical details that you can talk about? Yeah, I can I can uh, give you a couple of examples of software. And I, th I don't think it's a secret. I don't think it's a mystery to the industry. Like, we use Maya for modeling, right? And we uh -huh. use uh, Houdini, for example, for some of the VFX. Uh, I think that, that in the art side of things, it's easier to, uh, to, to see what you could, like, let's say if you would want to get a job here, right? Like those are the type of things that you could learn and that we actually use here. Uh, from a more development uh, side of things, uh, what we use uh, IDEs like Visual Studio, or I, I usually use like Visual Studio Code, that is the, like the smaller version of it, like the simplified version of it. Oh, uh, I haven't used code. I'm surprised. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I mean, it's just uh, it's just comfortable to use. It's I, more I lightweight. use the console, and I, yeah, it's more lightweight uh, for doing small changes and things like that. And uh, yeah, well, we we have a lot of proprietary tools, uh, and I think that that's the case in a lot of the AAA studios, yeah. even within even even within uh, the tools that are available for everyone. Let's say Maya, I'm pretty sure that everyone has some kind of special tool that or plugin that is just proprietary for the studio or some in some cases like uh, they have their own version of the Unreal Engine for example right so uh, so yeah like um, most also of the, they, of they, the they bought that that uh, tier of Unreal like it's a access to the engine source code and they modified it heavily so now they use the, that yeah, and you can see that example with the Cry Engine, several of them, right? Like every studio grabs the vanilla thing and then they they use it uh, as they as they see that it fits for for whatever game they're making. So yeah, we divide. I think we divide the tools that we use into the ones that are public and the ones that are, uh, and yeah, like. Uh, I don't know, like it's it's just code, right? We have our proprietary engine too. Yeah, and you you so, work in C plus plus. Yeah, we we work in C plus plus. We work some in C sharp. We work some in Lua too. 
No, depending. Oh, really? Like when when you're making a game uh, this this big, uh, and you have people from different uh, background, uh, you need you need to have different uh, levels of how can I call it like engagement with the with the tools. I mean, if you are a graphics engineer, of course, you're not going to be working in Lua, right? You're, you're going to be working on the, in the lower, uh, on the technology stack is working on, I think that from any engine, right? Like if you're modifying the engine itself, that's probably in C++, but maybe you will have By the way, you're, it sounds like you might be having some network lag. I don't know if you can get to a spot with better internet or if that's just whatever. We, it's not too bad, um, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, okay, so the next question I had was about, um, you, you mentioned the tool that you work on your day-to-day. -day. I'm wondering like what your process is like day-to-day. -day. Like what kind of uh, feature work do you typically do? Are they like, uh, yeah, I know you work on a multiplayer team. Is it like uh, the team decides to experiment with a certain new mode or new uh, idea for a change and then you, they just put you on it to work on it? How closely do you work with the, uh, I guess, the decision making if you are working on experimenting stuff like prototype work? Um, and what other like ways do you get like work out of can you hear me? Oh, yes. I don't know what happened. Okay. Um, you still sound a little weird. And I, I don't know if it's network or something else. Let me check. Are you on Wi-Fi or data? I'm in data, but I can't connect to the Wi-Fi. Well, you sound much smoother now, but it might just continue behaving the same. Like you've been going in and out as far as smoothness goes. I don't hear you. I'm I'm trying to connect to uh, the Wi-Fi. Okay. If it's a better connect. Testing. Testing. Hello. 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 Hi. Do you hear me? Yes. Cool. Okay. Now on Wi-Fi. Okay. Oh, you sound so right. did, did I did I answer your question? Yeah. And my next question was, um, do you? What was my next? My next question was kind of just. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about the tools, and now I'm more curious about your process. So like. On the day-to-day, -day, do you like 
get work items from PMs and stuff or producers and then you like what kind of work items are they? Are they like do you do a lot of prototyping? Do you do a lot of like long-term feature work or a little bit of both? Yeah, I would say I would say a little bit of both depending on the complexity on the feature. Uh, there's stuff that you need to play test early. So you probably are going to develop some kind of prototype for that. And so you can play play with it and iterate. But if it's something more simple, like, I don't know, let's say you're making a door that opens, like if it opens, like it opens, right? Like it's it's ready for 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 the final version. So it really depends on the on the thing. Uh, yeah, the, the team is composed by by producers and designers and at least the multiplayer team is compute is composed by designers and programmers and producers that carry the 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 project forward and a couple of leads that guide the different areas and within the design team we have level designers and we have system designers i'm the technical designer which means that uh besides doing designing stuff itself i i i help with with more technical things like like a scripting or if some level designer needs an interaction on the map, I, I can help him set it up that, things like that. That's neat. Um, when you, uh, so you studied computer science in school, right? Yes. And you, you got hired by this team after you graduated? So I graduated and I started working on Xbox. Uh, All right, yeah, the year. I remember now. And then, and then I got hired by this team. What kind of work did you do on the Xbox team? Like what features? Uh, I used to work in Cortana. So I did a lot of the voice commands. Uh, I also did a couple of things on the dashboard, like if you leave your console idle, you are going to start seeing some of the some cards that tells you interesting information like what your friends are doing or if some friend is streaming. I did that I did that feature too. So uh how long were you there on the Xbox team and how long have you been on the current team? I I was uh, around a year on, on Xbox and I've been here almost a year too. What do you think helped you like as far as like the interview process went uh, to get the first Xbox job? Uh, so I think I think that like number one, uh, I was an intern too, right? Like I was an intern on Xbox. I did three uh -huh. internships there. Um, so it's very interesting, but but my first interview, I was probably on third semester, fourth semester, something like that. So the the technical side of things wasn't that bad at the moment. Uh, it was more about the passion, about what I wanted to do, 
you know, what, what my career wanted, uh, what I wanted from my career. Uh, I think that really helped me, you know, like being, having a very clear vision of what I wanted to achieve and where I wanted to be. Uh, I think they, they like that about, about me. Yeah. That's like literally any, I think most job postings, they literally say they want someone who's passionate. And you see that so often that it starts to mean nothing. But I, I think what you just said is like the, a good example of like what that kind of yeah, means. And I can tell you like here in the studio, like I work with the most passionate people that I've ever known, you know, like, like everybody loves the game. Everybody loves the game and they know everything about the game and they're amazing at playing the game. Uh, and I, I can see how how you you have to use that passion as the fuel for creating something like like a game or like a film or anything like that. It, the passion needs to be there uh, because it's going to get tricky down the road. So and the passion is the one that is going to make you keep going no matter what happens on on, on the yeah. on the way there. I also think that there are multiple types of passion, like even if you're not passionate about the product or the, the particular market that you're working in, I, I've definitely met people who are, are more passionate about the craft. Like you can just tell oh, that yeah. they really love being good at their job and getting good at their job. And even yeah. like they, yeah, definitely. yeah. And so it's, yeah. it's both ways. I think, I think like for a lot of people that I've met and people that I've seen, definitely look for both like passion about the, the job and the product but I think the passion about the job is the this like the real meat of it <laughs> especially in games because there are so many uh, people who apply to jobs and recruiters are really used to seeing people who are passionate about the games but are not that ramped up on the actual job to be passionate about it yet um, yeah so that's something yeah that you, and you have and you have examples of of people like they've never played the game before, but they're amazing, I don't know, like network engineers or graphics engineers. And and it comes back to the to the thing that I was mentioning before that you have different levels on 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 the tech stack where you can work. So so if you're working on the engine on this very specific rendering technique that we're using. Uh, it don't. It doesn't really matter what game you are making, right? Like the yeah. The tech, the tech is the same for uh, everywhere. So, so if you want to do that, yeah, it's it's not just about loving the game that you're making, but also loving loving the craft, like you mentioned. So I wanted to learn more about the the nonprofit work you've been doing. Uh, so you, what was it called? Bee Collective? Was that the name of it? Do you hear me? I don't hear you.
still don't hear you. Okay, can you hear me now? Oh, I hear you. Okay, I don't know what's going on with this call. I don't there. know. Maybe at one o'clock sharp, it like shut you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was asking about. I wanted to learn more about Be Collective and that group. Yes. So, uh, did you say that they build games specifically for like Twitch and stuff? Yeah. So, so we're working on designing games that are exclusively made for streaming. Uh, I think there's a big opportunity in terms of game design, at least, at least that's what I'm very passionate about, that you can create unique experiences, right? Like, like the best example that I can think of is like Twitch plays Pokemon, right? For me, that, for me, that was like mind blowing uh, on how the community can just organize in, a, in this chaotic way to accomplish something. And so, yeah, we, we create that type of uh, games. And it's charity-based. So how do you make your, your money? How do you raise funds? So we don't. I, I think that uh, the, all the members of the team do this as their side project, if you want to call it, or if... Uh, yeah. Like the team members don't get paid, but do you also like raise funds for other charities? Oh yeah, so that, that's that that's uh, the our business model is a donate as you want model. So you go to our catalog of games, and you select the game that you like, and you say, oh, I think this game is five dollars for me. And the full five dollars goes to to the charity, right? And depending the the charities are are aligned with the theme of the game. So if we're making an art game, it goes to some art uh, uh, organization that helps. Uh, for example, right now our first game that we're going to be publishing is called Canvas, and and it uh, the money collected from that game is going to go to this organization in Seattle that helps uh, uh, some uh, poor communities to create art programs and things like that. So because because our game is art related, uh, the, the, the charity is also art related. Cool. And that's that's our idea with, with every single game. And so uh, like someone who buy the game would be like a streamer or or even just a regular person who's going to start a stream with that game and integrate it into the stream. Yeah, yeah, you you start the game on your computer and start streaming. Um yeah, you play you play the game. Depending on the game, you, we have we have games that are play for example, the is the viewer, the viewers against the streamer or there are some other streamer only uh i mean i mean viewers only games and they are at least i'm trying to have a, a different uh different types of experiences for for streamers and for the viewers too right like maybe maybe you can have a, a game that you put in on screen while you're waiting between your overwatch matches for example or well, like a more passive a game. game. Yeah, like a passive game that you leave on your channel while you're not streaming. 
or or something that that you are not maybe you're not actually engaging as a player but you are guiding the the viewers to accomplish something right like in the in the case of canvas the, the game is basically that it's a it's an empty canvas where uh, you guide the the viewers to draw something right or you challenge the viewers to draw something that sounds really fun actually <laughs> So yeah, and I think uh, one of our core principles in the group is uh, that we believe in the democratization of games, both in the sense of creation and consuming the games themselves. So, so all of these games, I'm I'm trying to to make them as accessible as I can for people that even don't play games, right? Like, or for streams that maybe uh they are not game streams at all right like maybe you have a cooking stream and and you want to gamify the experience of your view or of your viewers to keep them more engaged with your channel and things like that like i think that i i want to i want to extend the concept of what a game is and and show people that it's not just about like having uh joystick in your hand and with buttons and that's the only way you can play a video game that's great also hi ian you're the first person to show up <laughs> uh, if you want to ask questions feel free to jump in through voice or text as usual um we we actually have I, i've been really enjoying this conversation i'm glad i'm recording it and i'm kind of sad that more people aren't online at this hour but that's fine it happens Let's see what Ian's type. So, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, lately I've been hearing a lot about the Microsoft reorg. You know how they kind of do like a reorg every now, every like year or so, um, around, yeah. around this time of year. Uh, does that affect yeah. does that affect three for three at all, or is three for three more like its own like separate entity that's kind of owned by Microsoft? No, I mean, I mean, we are all part of the gaming organization now. Now that uh, okay, so you really, became, so you really are part be, of the org. Became, yeah, became 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 the CBP uh, of gaming. Uh, yeah, we're all part. I don't think I don't think at least in our case we didn't have a direct impact on on the way we're doing things right like like we are we're the studio and we're we're working yeah. on our game and that's still valid after the 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 reorg so of course it always yeah, is. we're not that impacted i was just more curious about how like it's more of a question of how how far removed are the studios from microsoft and i guess you you kind of answered it like um, they are actually part of the like org org like that chart and the division stuff, but they do operate as if they are like their own little companies, their own little studios. Like, I mean, it's, it's like you mentioned, right? Like Microsoft is 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 pretty big, so I I don't think that's an exclusive thing of three four three. I think that every team works yeah. autonomously, and we try to work with other teams, right? Like we work very close with with the platform or uh, I don't know, like with publishing 
right? Like we, we have these connections between orgs or for example, like when I used to be in Xbox, I had a, a big relationship with, with, with Bing and with Cortana, with the Cortana core team, right? Uh, to have all those endpoints on the console too. So, uh, so yeah, like it's a very collaborative environment. It's, it's more about like, if you are if you are in one of those positions where you have to interact with other teams, it's it's more obvious. Can I ask what your team is like? Like, what kind of people are on your team? Like, are they are many of them very senior people? Like, or a lot, is there a, a mix of like juniors and like people with a lot of experience versus people with not that much experience? Um, I think I think most people here are very experienced. Uh, one of the very first things that I I hear from one of the employees that I talk with them um, when I when I was trying to get a job here was that yeah like this is this is a this is like the end goal right like and I can understand that like yeah. working in Halo right uh, so yeah there's a lot of senior people that are amazing amazingly talented people and they have a lot of experience. But at the same time, like they are like trying to invest in new talent, like me, right? Like I'm not, I don't, I, I don't, I am not as experienced as them. But, but I bring something to the table. I bring the energy. I bring the passion. I bring my own perspective, right? And uh, also com coming from Mexico City, my my Halo experience is is very different, right? Like, like it's 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 interesting how 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 that background impacts the way you you create something and and i can i can use that you know like i i, I don't have the seniority but i have my own tools too what's the team culture like or is like uh is first of all like do you work do you crunch a lot do people work long hours um is it do you feel like it's easy to be a more a lesser experienced team member? Like, is is there a culture of like growing and supporting people, or, or do you feel like you're a little playing a little catch up too much too often? I mean, I think that in any studio, there's this speed that the team has, right? Like, and uh, but I. I have found a lot of support here, like both from my manager and from my peers, you know, like like every like we are a team and we want to accomplish and and, and have the best game possible. And yeah, I I, I don't I feel like like we are in a uh, like I, I love my team. I think that they they uh my manager does, does a good job or allowing us to to be very creative about what we do and at the same time giving us a clear vision on what it has to be achieved from a more like broad perspective so i really appreciate that and uh, yeah like it's it's i i love it here <laughs> that's great uh, Ian asked, how do you keep up your excitement and passion when working? Uh, it kind of sounds like, as you were saying earlier, that it kind of just comes easy to you because you just love 
the team and the product so much. Yeah, and, and yeah, that, that happens all the time, right? Like even when, uh, even when you're like making projects when you were in school, right? Like at some point you're just like done with the thing, right? And yeah, like I have, I have bad days. I have bad days when I'm trying to figure out something and I just can't make it work. But then I have good days where something works and I see people playing my thing and I see them happy and excited, you know? And I, I for me, for me is that when, when I see people and I wouldn't, and this is more of a general answer. Like when I see people playing my games and feeling happy or feeling different types of emotions, right? Because if my game is a scary game, I want them to be scared, not happy. Uh, but yeah, like creating this reaction on people and seeing them, it's, it's, that's, that's, that's what, that's where I get my energy from. And it's, it's from the fans, it's from the, from the people that, that really love the game. And being a fan myself, like, I don't, I don't want to fail them, right? Like, I don't want, I don't want them to be disappointed. And I want them to be, uh, to be excited and to, to, to have the most amazing uh, Halo game that they have. And, and that's, that, that push, that really pushes you to, to be the best that you can and, and pushes you through, through the hard times. That's good. Um, I think I'm out of questions. Well, what do you think of America? <laughs> so you moved here for work. Uh, yep. Do you travel home frequently? Yeah, I, I, I go home like every four or five months, I would say. Yeah, I miss my food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I miss I miss my language too, right? Like, I think that that was the biggest uh, challenge for me. Um, I, I, well, I didn't used to speak in English back in Mexico, right? And I, I learned, I learned English because I wanted to make games. So I learned, I learned the language very late in my life, like around high school. Uh -huh. So, so it's not the same, right? Like when, that's why, you, that's why you have to teach like little kids languages because they can just absorb it very easily. Um, and, but for me, it was, it was a very big challenge and, and still is more, even more being in a creative position when you have to like push your ideas and explain why you think this is the best thing for, for this feature, or this mechanic on the game. It's, it's, it's a big challenge, um, but, but I'm getting used to it. I hope, I hope the weather wasn't as bad as, as it is here in Seattle, but it's all right. At least it's not like New York cold. It gets cold, yeah, right? but not that cold. Yeah. And it's beautiful here too, right? Like Have you got going it? From, yeah. Coming from Mexico City, where the air quality is not the best, uh, here here yeah. on the mountains is amazing. <laughs> yeah, and people here care a lot about the air quality and the environment. Yeah. 
Um, have you gotten a chance to travel around the country at all, like the United States? Yeah, like I usually travel for work. Like GDC. Uh, when I'm organizing. Yeah, GDC, or I go to LA for E3, or I'm I'm going to be participating in this uh, game Depths of Color Expo in New York. Oh, I heard of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's an important um, expo that they are starting to develop there, and we're supporting the team over there to to reach out to uh, East Coast uh, devs. And yeah, like I've I've traveled a little bit here and there, traveled to Vancouver a lot, being that close. Do you have any uh, any advice that you haven't mentioned yet? for people who aspire to work at 343? I think that my biggest advice, and even more that this is focused for students, is that you have to start as early as you can making games because it's like a snowball effect. Like if you make a, I don't know, like, a uh, Space Invaders clone when you are in first semester, uh, you might think that it's not that amazing game or whatever, but it's a step towards the direction that you want to, to be. And that's going to have a bigger impact than if you start doing that same game at the end of your college uh, uh, at, at the end of, of yeah, at your last semester of, of college, for example. So yeah, I would say start early and just do it. You know, like I sometimes we we want to someone to give us permission, right? Like the the way you become a game developer or a game designer or a producer or whatever you want is by by doing it, right? Like there's there's no other way. Uh, and and eventually it, that effort will pay off. It's just it's just doing it for like because it's it's doing it because you love it too, right? Like if your if your dreams are about money or about fame or about any of those things, it's it's going to be very hard. But if you love if you love what what you do, no matter no matter what happens. Uh, everything is going is going to to be there as a as a consequence of of you just doing something that you really love. Ian is typing. Yeah, just to elaborate on what you were saying, I definitely agree. Um, that's definitely the advice that everyone just keeps spreading over and over again, which is like, just get started, don't wait, uh, don't feel like you have to wait. Um, and it really is a snowball effect. Like the experience difference between like having like one year of experience and two years of experience is like enormous, like uh, especially in programming. In pro programming, yeah. like the, the hours that you have put in makes a huge difference and a lot of people feel bad especially in introductory classes where they feel like oh man I'm in this intro class but there are people in this class who have 
made all these great things already before the class, like like people who get started programming in high school, for example. Um, and 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 you know, like, don't get don't get discouraged. Yeah. Uh, discouraged by by not being the best. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not about being it's not about being the best it's about doing what you love like i don't think i was the best student of my class when i was in college i don't think i was the best programmer uh, i don't think i like i didn't have the best grades either you know but i was the one that loved what i do the most and now all those people that were like uh that that have better grades than me or that they were making these amazing things they they would like to have my place right so so it's more about doing what you love and and don't get discouraged because it's not in the quality that you expect and don't compare with other people you know like I, that was one of the things that was harder for me to to learn being in college like or even like after right like I would say like, yeah, I'm 20, 21, 20, 20 years old. Like at this point, Steve Jobs already was, you know, super successful. What am I doing? Right. And and the thing is that my my journey is very different from Steve Jobs' journey and it's very different from your journey. And like everyone is on their own track. And it's very difficult to compare and it's very difficult to really like compete against people because everyone comes from different backgrounds and have different uh, expectations um, and there's also like some kind of randomness and some kind of luck that is involved in whatever happens yeah so so it's better to just love what you do and hope for the best yeah i think understanding that how big of a difference hours can make like just the hours that you put in experience and also understanding how much luck plays into it uh, because of, of, like once you understand it I think it's much easier to not get discouraged <laughs> because then you can be like and, okay I like that was just luck or like may, like uh, if you don't get a particular job offer for example you can just think yeah uh, there's a big amount of luck in it it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not qualified for a particular job so and it's 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 also about that like very cheesy concept of oh luck is just like where preparation meets opportunity or something yeah. like that, right? So there, like, there are things you yeah, can like, do to maximize your luck and to play around yeah, those strengths. There are a lot of external things that you don't have a control, but at least you you have to be prepared to to make the jump when the window opens. That's a great analogy. So we're, we're almost done. Uh, Jessica's online now. If you have any questions, feel free to jump in before I let you go, before I let this, everyone go. Well, I asked earlier, do you, how often does your team crunch, by the way? Um, I don't know. That's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. they haven't crunched while you were there. Like, yeah, yeah. That's good. I mean, yeah, we're we're trying to 
not crunch. I don't think nobody wants to crunch, right? Yeah, and it's it's so, counterproductive. So, yeah, so the answer is the answer is I don't know. Uh, I think everybody works very hard. I think that there's also this component to to the crunch that most people don't see it. And for example, I really felt that, right? Like I'm I'm staying longer at work now that I work here than when I was working on Xbox. But it's not because I have my boss behind me pressuring me to do stuff or I'm behind schedule or anything like that. It's just that that I prefer to be at work, you know, like I love I love what I'm doing. And between that and going home and be watching Netflix or something like I want to be making Halo, like like it's it's fun and it's engaging and it's challenging. So I, I ended up like working more. And I feel like a lot of the team feels feels like that. Like like what are you doing here? And they're like, Oh yeah, well, I'm working because I'm having fun making this level or something like that, right? Yeah, you just get sucked in. I just got yeah. asked if you're in the Latinos IGASIC, and the answer is yes, I think. I mean, I'm not part, I'm not a member of the, how could you call it, the leadership team, yeah. but I I work with the, I work with them, I work with Christina, I work with Juan, uh, I mean, I, I know all of those guys. Um, yeah, they, they just started too, right, so. I yeah, think I we're think you're, to... I think you're in the SIG as far as you like know them and you're kind of part of the surrounding community. Yeah, so I think that I'm in a good uh, position to help them too, right? Like having the Xbox support. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm trying to 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 help them to grow the community and in any way I can, you know. Yeah, and for the record, it's uh, also the you're the lead of the X, the Xbox Latinos in Games group, which yes. is a community that's not necessarily intern, internal only. Is that true? Yeah, it's not. But it started it's not out. Internal it anymore. started out as an internal group, so a lot of people know it by that name. Yeah, this in GDC we organize uh, the Latinos in Gaming event. Uh, that was a great event. Them in a gallery this year. Thank you. And, and last year we organized a game jam in Mexico City, and we're helping with the game devs of Color Expo in New York. So we're starting doing more work outside. I also want to start, at least this year, uh, focusing also a lot in the Hispanic community in the U.S. Like I think there's there's a lot of work to to be done there too. I want to reach out to local high schools where there's a lot of like Hispanic people there too. Yeah, and and try to help them pursue pursue like a STEM career or a career in video games, and show them that it's possible, right? Like, like there's there. I know that they will have some of the same barriers that I had. Like, I didn't have the money. I you know I I wasn't as yeah. A lot of times, smart. a lot of times <laughs> it's like they don't even imagine it. Like they don't think it's an option or like a real job. Uh, and a yeah. lot of a lot of people I've spoken to in the industry always talk about that first time they realize like what I can make money making games, <laughs> or like the first time it was put on their radar, and so there is a lot of like advocacy slash outreach work to do, to get more people to yeah, imagine. That, I'd really like to do that, and I really like to to show up and be very vulnerable by saying like I'm just 
I'm just a regular guy, you know. I, I'm not a genius. I'm not a anything special. I just wanted to make games, and now I make games. And if you want to make games, you can make games too. It's just, it's just trying. It's going to be hard. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, but, but if you want it, it's it's there for the taking. Okay, uh, so we're kind of out of time, but Jessica asked, uh, she wants to learn more about what it's like to be a technical designer, like that, what that job title means. And I, I asked a few questions about it earlier. Do you, do you think that we kind of covered it? Maybe I can just point to the recording. I can, I can answer it very quickly. Sure. Uh, the way you can think of a technical designer is uh, a game designer that also codes, you know, like I'm, I'm the contact between the engineering team and the design team, right? Like sometimes, sometimes I'm working on solving design issues in the technical side, or I'm solving technical issues on the design side. So let's say we're, we're in a brainstorming session and we're trying to figure out a new game mode, right? And somebody says, oh yeah, we should just like have this crazy thing happening. And I'm like, no, it's it's not possible because I talk with engineers and this is like, this is what is actually viable because of these reasons. And I, I'm kind of like the glue between the two worlds, right? And yeah, I, I, you can you can think of it as that, you know, like I'm the connection between between the engineers and the designers. And sometimes I have tasks that are like an engineer. Sometimes I have tasks that are more like a designer. Uh, it's, it's it's a little bit of a reform position. Uh, but yeah, I hope that answered the question. Thank you. So I'm going to let you get back to work now. <laughs> Thanks so much for doing this with us. Also, let us know if you ever want to do another one in the future, maybe like in a year or something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anytime. And if someone uh, wants to talk or someone has any additional questions, just contact me. Uh, I'll. I guess I. I can. I can leave my my email in the in the chat. And just just send me an email, and we can talk. And I don't know whatever you need. I'm here for you guys. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. See you later. Yeah, thank you.